The history of college football is packed with the stories of legendary teams, coaches, and players that made the game a spectacle. The Four Horsemen of Notre Dame, Oklahoma's 47-game winning streak, and Archie Griffin's back-to-back -back Heisman wins have all earned their rightful place in college football history. This is the story of a team that is all but forgotten. The University of San Francisco Dons were a perfect 9-0 in 1951. They sent a record nine players to the NFL. Over half of those players made the Pro Bowl, and three are enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The University of San Francisco also gave the NFL its first African-American official and the most revolutionary commissioner in the history of sports. But the glory they earned on the playing field is only half the story. The other half, the part you don't know, is the story of men who courageously stood together when it mattered most. Though their dominance in that 1951 season is no more than a footnote today, the stand they took in quiet defiance of racism changed them. back again with another movie rib podcast it is the 21st day of november a couple days before thanksgiving here broadcasting live from episode <laughs> not broadcasting from uh, from philadelphia it's episode 300 and 17 of the jeffcast podcast episode number 92 of the movie review show if you're counting at home, if you're keeping score at home, speaking of keeping score, this is a football documentary podcast uh, a review. And this movie is, is okay. So this is bear with me because uh, this is this is a weird one in terms of how I even stumbled upon this as something I, I watched. Are you ready? It's a 50 minute movie. So it was it was an ESPN. Uh, documentary produced by ESPN, aired on ESPN TV. It was from 2014, and I think the intro gave a good a good setup. I'll, I'll just continue along the, the narrative of what this movie's about because it's again totally was off the radar. Uh, with but here's how I discovered this film. I was reading tweets. I go on Twitter sometimes to read tweets. I just go, I just enter in the username of the guy I want to read their tweets of. Because there's a couple people who I think have interesting feeds. I don't like to consume Twitter in a, I don't follow anybody anymore. I just have a few, it's very dumb. And I just go to twitter.com slash, in this case, John Boyce, who is a guy who makes videos uh, for sports uh, SB Nation. And he does. He makes he makes amazing videos. Uh, I love all his stuff. Go check out his shows. Pretty pretty great. And Chart Party. Just just look that up on YouTube. Pretty great. John Boyce and uh, Chart Party. John Boyce. J O N B O I S. Anyway, I went to his Twitter feed because he had recently put together a really good video. Again, I can recommend. It's called "Kickoffs Are Stupid and Bad." I believe is the name of the video. And. 
the he he talks about how there was a touchdown on a kickoff. So when, so when you kick off the team, and this is something I used to used to happen all the time in Madden '97, I think it was, or in college football '97, and for Sega Genesis, I know this rule very deeply because you could you could do this a lot in in the in these old video games, and that's and that's it's a real rule in football. So when you kick off, it's a live ball. So if you kick off and it goes all the way to the end zone, and their team somehow doesn't isn't able to recover it or land on it. You can you can cover it up for a touchdown, and so John Boyce, in his video about kickoffs, he was like, "I'm gonna show you the dumbest kickoff ever." And it was like a couple of years ago, in a Bills Jets game, I think it was the Jets uh, recovered the ball in the end zone for a touchdown. He said that was the only time that that's happened, and I, in my head, I was thinking, I, "This is a very this is such a circuitous way to this movie review." But please bear with me. I, in my head, I was thinking. That has had to have happened before because it's, it was. I knew it was a thing, and I think I'd seen it before. And I was thinking, and, and maybe it's something that was hard for him to look up in the stats. Anyway, lo and behold, somebody in a reply to the tweet, one of the top replies was, "You know, this is great, but actually, the recovering a kickoff in the end zone for a touchdown by the kicking team has happened before." And he's like, "Because my great grandfather, I think it was, or his great uncle, this is the guy tweeting at John Boyce said." Uh, you know, he, he did it. He was a member of the, I think, Redskins in like the 50s. This happened, and he sent, and he sent a link on YouTube to the to the clip of the game clip where they where they showed this kickoff recovery in the end zone. I'm getting there. Bear with me. And he said, <laughs> so he continues with another tweet that I somehow also read. That and he said, uh, actually, you know, as it, as another thing to mention, he said this guy, this player, his great uncle, played on a team. Played on the 51 Dons, the University of San Francisco Dons. And he's like, there's a great documentary ESPN made about them. He said they were the, they refused to play in a bowl game that year because of uh, racism in the South and the Orange Bowl wouldn't accept black players, so the whole team declined to play. He's, this is, he's, you know, now you, now you have 280 characters. What is it good for? Well, I guess it was good for him to tell this story in brief, as it were, a little longer than totally brief, but he had enough characters to mention this documentary and explain it a little bit. And I said, huh, I had never heard of this story. 2014 documentary about a, a 1951 college football team. That sounds something like something I would like to watch. We're now six minutes into this podcast. I've yet to talk about the movie, but that's, so I, I Google this. And of course it's not, I don't think it's on ESPN's website anymore. God forbid they, they keep any of that stuff on like watch ESPN or anything. I, I don't think it is. Maybe it is, but I, anyway, a, a Vimeo, a Vimeo link popped up. The whole movie was on Vimeo. Somebody posted it on Vimeo, so I said, "I said I'll download this off Vimeo. I put it on my phone and I'll watch this at the gym stairmaster. Old school, watching movies on the gym stairmaster. I'm on my iPhone, indeed. And so that's that's what happened. And I found my and I watched it all in one fell swoop on the gym stairmaster. It was like 49 minutes long. I guess cut with the commercials out. And um, and it's a good movie. It it tells the story. It's it's your classic documentary with talking heads. Unfortunately, the two uh, black players who were on that squad are both have both passed away when the time they made the movie. But they do talk to a lot of his family members and, of course, the surviving members of the team, of which there are there was a several. And just the I think there was three. They just said it in that clip, but in the opening clip I just played, I don't, I don't remember. I just kind of glossed over it. But I think you know there was several Hall of Famers on this one squad. I think the most 
NFL Hall of Famers to ever play on the same college football year team squad. And just just to just to give you like spoiler alert, the movie you know it, it's a known story. I'm not I don't know what I'm spoiling from 1951 here, but basically, long story short, they were undefeated. They were ranked, I think, like ninth or tenth in the country, and you know they they were they were not in a major conference even back then, so they were uh, playing a schedule that even you know, it's funny the the politics of college football have are basically have un, remained unchanged since then where these smaller conference teams are always sort of like for the most part left on the outside looking in, even if they run the table. Uh, but in this case, the orange bowl did extend them a bit, but they said, you have to leave the, the black players at home. This is 1951. This was the thing that happened. And so they said, no, we're not going to do that. They stood up to them and they said, we won't play in a bowl that year. And as it were, it cost them the, uh, the, t- the literally the team folded they needed the money from the orange bowl and th- and this could this be an exaggeration of time passing and to make the story more heroic i p- potentially you know you take you take it all out with a grain of salt like anything else but th- this is uh how it's presented is that the USF football team literally folded the following season because of they they did not have this revenue from going to the orange bowl and they couldn't afford to keep the team around you know where they were a small school they were like a, a Catholic school, I believe. Still are, perhaps. And I know this team still has a basketball team. I think they still don't have a football team. Um, let's look that up real quick. Um, so I guess they got a football team again. Blah, blah, blah. So, Wikipedia is for the Wikipedia page for the San Francisco Dons football is is needs needs some work needs a lot of work because it said that they played their last season was in '82. I don't know. I I, I don't know. I can't deal with this right now. They were honored at the 2008 Fiesta Bowl. Why didn't the Orange Bowl honor them? So the player, so the the documentary covers that. So like they they cover the 2008 Fiesta Bowl. But in my head, I'm thinking, what the fuck did the the Orange Bowl still run? Why, why didn't they? And you know, because it would have been perfect. 2011 would have been the 60th anniversary. They could have. Or 2001, whatever. They could have, any of those Orange Bowls that could have sought to, why the randomness of the 2008 Fiesta Bowl did they pick to honor these guys? Which is fine. I'm glad they got honored anywhere, but just it seems random. And especially the Orange Bowl, if there's anybody out, if there's any organization or, or outfit out there that needs, they should have been recognizing these guys, it was them. Uh, look, the score for a movie like this is irrelevant, in my opinion. I'm not going to give it a high score, only because I, I knock off. I'll, I'll, it's a rewatch rewatchability of zero. I mean, I'm not gonna rewatch this. I watched it. It was a fine movie. It was, it was good. You know, I, I, it, it's a well. It was well made enough. You know, it, was, it wasn't the most engrossing documentary I've ever seen. But the subject matter was something that I was interested in. So I mean, if it's something, I recommend this. It's a ten out of ten. If it's something that you, that this seems interesting to you, this story, 
then watch it. It's I don't think you're gonna you're gonna just go back and watch it again. That to me is always a major fa- a huge factor in these movies. I mean, do do I want to watch this movie again? Do I when's you know a great movie? And I just reviewed Lady Bird and gave it a very high score. Give it a very high score. And you can check that out again. It's the feed. They're all these are coming at you fast and furious today. I'm gonna do this is my second of four document uh do, blah, 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 second of four movies two documentaries and two fe- uh, narrative feature films um i'm giving it a 5.750 i'm gonna give it a 7.57 i'm gonna give it a 5.751 how about that for the dons 51 dons this is this 92nd Review podcast in the movie review podcast. Patreon.com slash myamerica. Go to movies.myamerica. That's movies.myamerica.ca. It's a Canadian website, folks. Jeffcast at gmail.com. And I'm Jeffcast Jeff saying see you in literally one more minute when I compile the next, um, when I start editing the next one of these episodes. They're going to all come out today, two days before Thanksgiving 2017. Mwah.